he wanted to explain to all the startup female founders in the auditorium um, how females should behave in order to get hurt and, and by male investors. And okay, you need to be more bold, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff that we really don't want to hear anymore. And after like three minutes of that talk, I said, you want bold? I went back out on the stage and said, okay, then please, um, when will all of you really intelligent and seasoned guys learn how to interpret women when they are talking. So this is, this is not that difficult. This is Female Business Angel Podcast. Your go-to destination if you're a business angel or would like to get into angel investing and don't know where to start. Or if you just want to find out how we tick. We're Tina and Katja, both business angels from Berlin. Well, I'm a VC now. We will interview established female business angels about how they got started and how it is going, including all the best tips and tricks. So get ready for some insider stories and personal empowering moments and revelations with these incredible women. Welcome to this journey with us. This is Female Business Agent Podcast. My name is Tine and today I will be speaking to Heidrun Twisten. Heidrun is a real veteran of the German startup scene, going right back before the first dot-com bubble. She has vast experience in communications for startups and corporates. She's also author of the Gründerinnenhandbuch, Die Wichtigsten Fragen und Antworten bei Gründern von Startups und KMU, which should be in your qualified bookstores from July 2020. This book she's written together with Marlis Janke, and together they also have the Equalizer podcast, where I had also the pleasure of being the inaugural guest. So thank you, Heidrun, for being with us, and it's a pleasure to have you. Okay, Heidrun, very nice to have you. Um, you were actually my um, podcast icebreaker, and it was a very <laughs> nice podcast for me because you um, released it just before my 40th birthday. And I got really lovely feedback to it. And um, while we were recording it, you made it, took a really nice picture of me. And I was just like, this makes me really happy. It makes me really feel good about myself. <laughs> so I really hope um, I can return something of the favor to you. And um, it was a very nice podcast for me to record because I really felt I could be myself. So I hope we can do the same here. Yeah, I hope so too. So I'm honored to, to be uh, invited to the podcast of Investor of the Year. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Congrats to that. And yeah, likewise, um, you were our first um, podcast interviewee or partner. And you are the uh, all-time star of our podcast as well okay. in terms of downloads. So that was, <laughs> I think, a, a very uh, prosperous um, meeting for all of us. So <laughs> everyone learned a lot. And it was, yeah, you were our icebreaker too. So <laughs> good. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How yeah, did you, I, yeah, tell us a bit about your professional career and how did you get into angel investing? Yeah. Um, um, I think I'm a little bit older than you, unfortunately. <laughs> so I started way back uh, in after I did an MBA in England. Um, I came back to Germany and started at one of the very small investor relations firms that were already there at that time in the, like, in the middle of the 90s. So, um, and they were doing annual reports for big corporates like Bayer, BASF and so on. And um, I was the sixth employee there and... Um, yeah, and I think one or two years later, Neuer Markt, the German 
startup um, um, stock exchange um, segment was introduced. So before then, there wasn't wasn't really a capital market um, tradition in Germany, or not for everyone. So and then um, startups could float um, their shares um, just with having a concept um, at Neuer Markt. And we decided to uh, jump on that wagon and, and or jump onto that train and consult the companies who wanted to go uh, public or get, get a listing um, in terms of story and development and like capital markets communication to investors and so on. So um, I accompanied, I, I don't know, like almost 30 teams to um, uh, executive teams to um, the story exchange and um, some of them startups like I think still known today, Intershop or um, yeah, lots mm -hmm. of other biotech, e-commerce and so on startups. And as well, bigger companies like Ludwig Beck or Epcos, who was one of the, you know, who was the first spin-off of Siemens, um, uh, so to say, a test for Infineon, which came later. So that was a really interesting time. And it, it was like... Uh, yeah, it was like now in the startup ecosystem it was similar to that it was the dot-com bubble, which burst eventually. <laughs> but for me, it was very interesting because I was like an end of my 20s and consulting all those old white men <laughs> and, and young white men, but still older than me in most cases then. And yeah, it was very interesting. I learned a lot. And um, yeah, that was really my my start in, into the capital markets and then after three years in that company uh, which I helped grow to from six to 60 people on four locations um, I became member of the board I think I was 30 by then and um, didn't know anyone else uh, from the female uh, part of the population at that time who was a board member as well but um, that has changed luckily and yeah, I stayed on for three more years. And then after that, I thought, okay, the startup spirit is lost at this firm. I need to go away and uh, founded my own company called Impact. And at the same time in 2002 and two weeks after <laughs> I got it registered, um, I found out that I started a family, obviously at the same time. So that wasn't really intended at that point in time. But on the other hand, we were planning to do that anyway. So yeah, I had this uh, double startup um, firm wow. and uh, not not a real startup it was a it, it was no startup because it was a consultancy uh, yeah. not scalable but at least so i had the family no but still a tough situation to start <laughs> onboarding clients and you're like oh well actually yeah i already had clients and i already had um, offices and employees and so on everything um, was uh, ready to start and then Luckily, also, I had my parents and my uh, the father of my child, so and all of them said, okay, um, my parents said, we raised you like this, and, and my partner said, okay, I choose you because of that. And so, um, yeah, we, we did it all together. So cool. really, we, we shared the, all the work con, uh, concerning the child. And even if I didn't spend all my time with him, he turned out quite well. <laughs> so, and I can only uh, only advise everyone else um, to don't hesitate to do the job and, and family building at the same time because it's, and there's no easier way, I think, um, than having your own firm, making your own decisions and raising your family at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's much easier than you, if you do it um, while employed at a bigger corporation. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think in, in essence, you probably have to put more hours in, but on your own terms. Yeah, and, and you with can a also, different level of, of pressure. 
definitely. And you, you can decide when to put in the hours and you can also decide on uh, what you want to prioritize. So and I think when I recognized I was pregnant, um, I just didn't take on as many, many clients as I would have um, if I hadn't been pregnant. So I just decided to start a little bit smaller. So because in, in that business, um, you really have to keep your deadlines. So um, I, I really took a very, um, what's the word, um, cautious approach. So as not to um, let any client down and still start the business. So it was a, a slower growth than otherwise, but it was still okay. And after, after my kid was born, then it took off. So how did you get into angel investing then? <laughs> yeah, it was funny because um, after the dot-com bubble um, burst and I found my own company, there, there was, no, was no startup uh, ecosystem like it is now. And I consulted lots of bigger corporations. So, and you know, probably, you know how it is, having worked at Axel Springer as well, I think. Um, so, and I, I really missed this buzz of, of the startup world and of, of all this, uh, you know, trading shares and, and stuff like that. So, um, eventually, after my kid was a little bit bigger, um, I started helping startups um, as a mentor. Um, directly and also as, um, or I also mentored for lots of uh, different accelerators like NextCommerce Accelerator, Next Media Accelerator, Airbus Business, and so on. So, but then in, in the beginning, I think the first one was Next Media Accelerator, which eventually um, was started. And um, yeah, and then I got to know more and more startups, and I think. I, I also already invested smaller sums, like no five k or so, in, in smaller companies. Then, before business angeling became such a big topic as well in Germany, and I think my first bigger ticket was when a friend of mine and a serial founder. Um, so I knew the guy. I knew he would eventually um, yeah, achieve something good or something more, make some more of my money. So I invested a bigger sum. And also, and also doubled it when when he got a second round. So I was really exposed. Okay. I like a little bit more than felt comfortable for me. Now. <laughs> and but okay, I, I knew him. He he was a successful person and very well um, settled in, in 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 the stuff he was doing. So yeah, I, I eventually I think I got my money back two years later with a twenty percent um, return. So that was fine. <laughs> And that was that was a, the, my real start into business angeling. Yeah, I'd say oh. so. Cool, cool. But that's yeah. um, I mean, I guess given uh, the situation right now with the economic situation, it's um, you have kind of some experience on on the downturn to look back on that um, or the, the the bubble. Yeah, that, definitely. Uh, a lot of people that are around don't can't remember. I mean, we all remember yeah. kind of two thousand eight, but um, or a lot of us, not not all of us actually. Ooh, uh, no, <laughs> and people even younger than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even younger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was yeah. Actually, that one, uh, yeah, I didn't mention that. So, in that time when we did IPOs, we were always lucky to to be able to invest as friends and family. So I could buy the shares before they got floated, and then usually on the first day of trading, you would make one hundred percent. So, um, I made a lot of money then, and in the first months. And the, I think first, I don't know, we call exactly, but first 
one year or two years, um, you didn't have to pay taxes on that gains, on those gains. So even if you sold them immediately. So that was um, a kind of a strange um, gold digger atmosphere then. Mm. And um, yeah, and I think lots of lots of um, retail investors lot, uh, lost a lot of money um, that went to bigger, uh, bigger yeah. funds in yeah. the end. So into the professionals. Uh, um, luckily, I didn't lose any money or not really. So I, I think I got out of like 300k after mm. after the combat bubble and the plus. So that was used then to fund my firm and, and start out. But yeah, I think lots of people lost um, trust at all altogether in, yeah. in capital markets. And so yeah. that's why we have such a, such a low um, quota of people who own shares in Germany. Yeah, and I think what many people don't uh, really acknowledge still at the moment is, you know, buying NFT, buying um, uh, um, blockchain and crypto stuff um, that they don't really understand. I think this is one of the problems as well. So people want to earn a lot of money and they wanted to invest at Neuer Mark as well, but without um, doing the work of understanding um, the companies they invest in and, and uh, uh, the log logics and structures um, that define success in the end. So. Are you invested in crypto? No, I never. I never did. I haven't either. I, it's no. like embarrassing to say, but I, I'm, I'm no, not. No, I... I don't think because so I just so. don't know enough about it, and I know there's so much knowledge yeah. to have had. So, and I, like, I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's there's three things I never did. So the one thing was like, uh, how do you call it in English? Ships battalion. So um, you know, there's uh, a shipping tax model. Yeah. Shipping. Yeah, it's not ship. Not shipping. Yeah, but you. You. There was a yeah, you own parts of shipping. Ships. You own parts of ships in order to. Um, that was like. 20 years ago or 15 years ago in order to save taxes. I never understood the logic behind that and lots of people lost a lot of money in that. And then the next thing was um, uh, those Lehman certificates. Mm. I didn't invest in those either because, uh, yeah, that's that's one one thing that that I always said is like I only invest in stuff I understand. So, yeah. Yeah, best in your in, in stocks of your own clients. That okay, then you are an insider and can only sell in certain periods. But you know, you understand the business models, you understand the market, so um, you might not always make the most uh, of your returns. But uh, yeah, you don't lose the money either. Yeah. So coming back to angel investing. Um, yeah. What's your motivation to do it right now? Is it just the money, or is there more? Um, no, definitely it's not just the money because we all know <laughs> can all be gone, especially in times like these. Um, no, I think um, that we have a very similar motivation. Um, the, all this ecosystem is dominated by men. And um, yeah, we all know the figures like 16% of startup funds in Germany are females, uh, 20% if you look at the world, and they only get like between 1% and 3% of worldwide venture capital. Um, I don't exactly know how much of the business angel capital they, they get, but I suppose it's even less because there are not many female business angels. So um, my big motivation is to support female founders and also to, to support other women to invest into female founders or all, yeah, at all. So to, important. And, 
yeah, and it's it's really important because in my so my ecosystem or my personal ecosystem is very um, uh, varied. So I have lots of people or lots of friends who are not into capital markets at all and uh, not into not inside the startup ecosystem. So for them, it's a big black box. And um, yeah, and so I think um, as long as there are not more women investing into startups, um, there won't be uh, much development concerning. Um, the share of female founders because for them it's much more difficult to raise money. Luckily, yeah. we have like uh, institutions like also at the moment, uh, <laughs> institutions, now, so, yeah, <laughs> big institutions, and um, or, okay, female institutions of three people. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter, but you know the yeah. buzz that you are making is much bigger than those three people. So, <laughs> and yeah, and I think this is this is my main motivation to further um, the female cause. So. Okay, it's, I think it's not. Uh, it's not a secret. I'm a feminist, even though I love men. <laughs> but I think that needs to be done much more in order to further yeah. our cause, not only for the women but also for the men, because all the nice guys I know uh, love working together with women. And yes. so it's. I think it's much more fun for everybody if we if we further the cause. I think it's so true. I mean, you know, we. We invest only in companies with at least one woman, but we do like mixed teams the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. Is, would you say that that's also for you like the the most satisfying thing about angel investing, being able to support founders early on, or and especially female founders? Or are there other things that you just really love about it? Yeah, so I, I love the spirit. So I really mm. enjoyed so much to to talk to those people. So um, yeah. on the energy and uh, great ideas they have. So I, I would love to, or I, I really love to to help them realize those ideas. So even if I lose money, because I think money for me is, so I'm not super rich at all, but um, money is something, yeah, it's for me, it's it's virtual. So it's not, you know, as long as I have enough to, to lead a, a good life. Um, it's not like having like some some one some hundreds of, uh, of uh, thousands of euros on my bank account doesn't really give me anything. So I want to do something with it, and it's yeah. If, if I can help young people to to develop new great ideas, it's just it's just a big fun for me. And so that's the one thing. So to to be able to to enjoy this uh, spirit, and the other thing is, um, I'm also very much uh, into impact investing because I think really the big problem of the world today is the climate crisis. So it's mm. not a change; it's a crisis. It's a real crisis, and it it gets overlaid by lots of other bad stories at the moment. But it's it's the basic and most important um, threat to humanity, not to the planet, but to humanity. So I think um, with every euro invested, you can not only um, help women um, to thrive, but also if you invested wisely to uh, to um, influence the path that our economy will take in the future. So I wouldn't invest in, in anything that doesn't have a positive impact um, on the future anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I use my money to, you know, ex um, to set a little bit of influence on the head. Of yeah, and I think the nice thing is with the angel investing, especially if you go into these areas, it's that, okay, so you put money into one company, but usually because you do it, you motivate some other people to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, and 
So lots of people put money into companies. Other people see those founders being being able to get the funding. So they're going to start setting up companies. So it's it really feels like um, it sometimes feels like every every ticket you 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 put has a ripple effect that goes absolutely goes beyond. Yeah, that's a cool story. So um, I think in, in one of the first batches of Next Commerce Accelerator. There was Hannah Asmussen, which we both know, Lisa Dahl, yes, and Franz Löw. So we love them. They're spectacular founders. The company is called Localize, by the way. Anyone who's yeah. listening who needs to localize. It's a relocation yeah. service. It's an amazing company. Yeah. And um, so I met them there at the very early, at the very early stage of their um, startup development. Unfortunately, I I wasn't yet, um, I don't know, um, ready to invest. So <laughs> I did. Bad mistake. I, yeah, mistake. <laughs> so you were better, but later on. Um, so, and then um, I met Hannah again at, in, in, in 2019 in Lisbon at the Web Summit. And she told me that uh, just some cool female investors invested in them. That was you. And I think that was the basis of like, how we got connected and um, so since then since uh, 2019 I think there's so much um, has been developed in this female um, realm of, of the startup ecosystem and it is so for me and then like in my bubble and how I see so much change um, has already happened that it's really beautiful to see yeah Yeah, it's really, um, I know the statistics don't show it yet, but I'm, I, no. it feels like it's so real that it is going to shift. Um, yeah. So, and it, it, it just all takes time, time but um, it, it really feels, um, yeah, feels like there's something shifting. It was so funny when um, we uh, launched our podcast in, in Hamburg. It was at, at an event, one of the first events after Corona uh, called... Um, Female Start Aperitivo, which is done mm. by the uh, IFB, so the um, Investment and, and Further Bank of Hamburg. And um, we had always different problems to, to get um, female business angels or investors on the stage because in Hamburg there are not so many. So I think Fabiola, your colleague, was invited, but she couldn't make it. So we had to take one guy. And so he wanted to explain to, to all the startup female founders um, in the auditorium um, how females should behave in order to get hurt and, and by investors, by male investors. And he's uh -huh. like, okay, you need to be more bold, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff that we really don't want to hear anymore. And after like three minutes of that talk, I said, okay, you want to, you want bold? I went back out on the stage and said, okay, Dirk, please, um, when will you, all you, uh, all of you really intelligent and uh, seasoned guys learn how to interpret women when they are talking. So this is, this is not that difficult. And um, he was then, um, yeah, after that, the next day, he, he invited me to, to do a joint investment. So that was mm. fun because he said it's, it's getting difficult for male investors or male business angels to get uh, to invest in the good teams and the good female-led teams because now there are already so many uh, female investors of that. So, and the good female teams try to get female investors because it's easier in the beginning and yeah. to work with other women. So yeah. this is a really interesting uh, thing he said there. And I think this is a very uh, good development so that female funds have a bigger choice whether uh, to take on male or female investors or to mix because also there it's, it's much better to have a diverse um, 
um, crowd of investors than yeah. only men or only women. Yeah, but we're seeing also a lot with, especially with more um, experienced founders, that they're just like, you know what, this is, I'm just going to set my own quota here and I'm just going to like get the women in. And, and that is actually important for the female founders, not just because they want to... They want women represented in their in their shareholding in their shareholder circles, but also because they're like, oh, look, this is one small thing I can do. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so they definitely, and it's so like it's like a yeah self created quota. Yeah, and uh, I I really love that. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see where we stand in ten years time. Me too. Me too. And it's um and of course it's also like just opportunistically it's nice, you know, because you get into things that maybe you wouldn't get into. Yeah. But um, I think it's uh, it's one of the situations where it's okay to be opportunistic and use your absolutely that's there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you mentioned that you've been uh, used you kind of started getting into angeling a little bit through mentoring and accelerators, and I always. We get asked so much, how do you get into it? How do you break into the scene? And I really think that's a really good way. Do you have any hints on how to manage your mentoring commitments? How to manage them or how to well, get Well, or how to, to get to them, how mm -hmm. to make sure they don't eat you up. To <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my experience with mentoring is, um, so, okay, my expertise is very close to, mm. to the core of investing. So um, I, I did a lot of workshops, or I still do, um, on story development. So not storytelling, but how to develop your value or equity story so that it's matching investors' needs. And um, so I, I did You're going to actually workshops. have to mentor us for our next pitch deck. Yeah, I, lovely. I, I, I would love to, really. <laughs> Um, I have to go to Berlin anyway to mentor one of my startups. Okay, one of the startups <laughs> I'm invested in, so perhaps he can make it do his joint session. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I I would uh, suggest to just you know, tr um, if you start out to just uh, go to events um, that that are held by the startup ecosystem, like Demo Days or. Um, yeah, everything that is connected to that area and um, try to find out how your expertise um, can help startups and then try to talk to accelerators and um, find out whether they might be interested in, um, in your expertise and, and how, how you can bring that to those startups that, that are in those accelerators. And my exp um, experience is that it doesn't eat me up because I can al always like not do anything if I don't want to, if I don't have time, because mm. mentoring is something you give for free. So um, nobody can force you to spend yeah. more time than you really have. So um, my, yeah, and I always find it very, so I'm, I'm now, I think at the moment, I'm a mentor at like four or five um, accelerators and other um, institutions. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, but you know, two of them are not really active at the moment. Mm. So it's always like, in waves so yeah. at some of them i'm doing more so for example last week i was in, in kiel and in, in, uh, in the north of north of germany yeah. at prototyping kit and they are more like have smaller startups more impact uh, oriented but still super interesting teams and cool atmosphere so um yeah it's it's really rewarding for me to um to be able to 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 work with with those um great Players, yeah. yeah, and cool. I think, yeah, you 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 can 
always uh, decide how much time you want to invest in that so nobody would force you to, <laughs> to spend yeah. more than you can. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, I think the most important thing is to really know whether you have something important to uh, so, uh, yeah, to, to give to startups. So because they have not, not a lot of time, so they need to do, to, especially in the early stages, there's so much to do. And the most important thing is to scale so to find clients for them and it's i think for many it's it's difficult to distinguish what they need to do and and what is not necessary at that moment in time and i think a good mentor keeps that in mind and doesn't try to you know just for the sake of mentoring startups uh make mistakes too yeah 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 but again i think this is something that like i think literally every conversation we've had on this podcast is like yeah you need to know who you are and what you can deliver Yeah. And be really clear on it. And I think it's actually like, I, I think it's actually also a very good exercise in general, you know, like for angeling, because you, for the first time, many people, I think, just sell themselves. Yes. You know, like, it's not just, oh, this is my position. This is like, mm -hmm. no, this is who I am as a whole person with all my skills, all my experiences and take B. <laughs> um, and only the bits of me that you need. So I think it's actually a kind of a nice reflection exercise, self-reflection yeah. exercise. To work Definitely. out your positioning as, as an angel. Definitely. So, and for me, one of the things, um, I'm not sure, but would, would like to, to hear your take on it. It's like um, brain for equity is something that I hear very often and I'm not really sure I like it so much. What, what no, I hate take it. On it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I hate it. There are some situations where it makes sense, um, but then the equity should be literally minimal. Like, yeah. Um, so in my first angel investment, I got a little little investment, a, a little like, yeah, sweat equity. But I was in a situation where I had a lot of time. I really committed to do real time with uh, the founder mm. and he really needed what I had. Yeah. Um, and I took literally tiny, 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 tiny share yeah. Yeah. Um, because I understood how valuable it is. Like nothing is as expensive as, as, as equity. So um, I... I yeah I I don't think it's something that's uh, that should be should be done at scale and um, yeah. never 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 should you give away more than like in, even in the early stages like I don't know one percent for it yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> never I agree, I agree. <laughs> and I mean if you look at the big companies even like the the medical advisory boards there's really high value at boards they they barely take anything so mm, yeah. um, it's uh, If, if, if you're a founder and someone comes along and says, like, oh, but I'm so smart at this stuff, give me 5%, you should always say no. Yeah, I um, agree. There are some programs where it's worth it, like when you have like an acceleration program and yeah, it's combined with cash, then it's a different mm -hmm. game. But also there, like it's it just you should be so careful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, because what, you can, yeah, sorry, no. No, no. You go. What a, um, what's your biggest mistake you've made as an angel? Uh, my biggest mistake I've made it as mm, none so far. <laughs> Were you always happy with the money that you put in? The amount? Um, oh yeah. The first time no, no the, the first big investment I, I just mentioned before. Um I think when when I uh when I doubled the amount because I didn't want to get diluted. In the beginning, like in the first weeks after that, I really thought, okay, my God, if all this money is gone, that would mm. be really bad. But it didn't, it, it wasn't gone. So it, 
uh, made some nice profits, so it was fine. So yeah, yeah, not yet, not yet. So yeah, okay, I did some, but I, you know, I'm I'm one of those people who forgets the bad things very yeah, yeah. quickly. Yeah. So I did a lot of like um, crowdfunding um, mm. when, oh, really? when it came up. Yeah, like in. Huh. I did some, uh, you know, one, some on start next where you just get some products yeah. and, but also some crowd investment with uh, companies and so on. And I didn't really look very much into the startups that I invested in because it was just like 1K or 5K, so smaller sums of money. And I lost some of that, but it, it was, on the other hand, it was not a big mistake because. I invested with open eyes and said, okay, mm -hmm. and this money might very well be gone. So I didn't invest much. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of, I guess a little bit what you're saying is something we hear a lot is I put too much money into the first investment. Yeah. Because I didn't realize how much I want to do and how many companies I want to do. Yeah. And I think this is something um, that is generally the problem if you are not a real, so in my um, in my word, a real business angel is someone who can invest like two million mm -hmm. and can lose it. So you, yeah. you can put ten tickets at two hundred k into several yeah. startups, or not 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 in the beginning, but over time, because you always need some money in order to go uh, participate in the next round and so on. So this is real business angels, so they don't really worry about losing. 500k so for yeah. me this would be too, far too much to lose so and i think for women because there are not so many wealthy women not so many um founders female founders who have already sold their businesses so and um, for women it's more difficult to really get into intelligent business angeling because you, we all know you need 10 uh, so in, in, uh, if you want to put it in numbers you need 10 startups to get your money back. So, I would say you need 15. Yeah. and uh, you That need was one of the reasons why I, I got a gang together because I said like alone, I can never do that. Yes. Yes. My tickets are going to be so tiny because I get as well, I didn't yeah. have too much money. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's why it's a really good idea also to get a gang together to get that diversification going um, mm. because it is critical. Yeah. And on the other hand, even if you get a gang together, then it's always the question of... Um, you know, knowing how to how to define which startups are good ones, and yeah. it's so difficult. So, in the you know, in the beginning, in, in that point in time of the development of a startup, it's really impossible to tell. So, you need we really need to to have experience to do that. And I think you can also lose all your money when investing in thirty startups because you invest in just this, the not the right ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is. An art. <laughs> so, but not, until now, um, yeah, um, I have invested uh, wisely, or or they are just not. They just haven't failed yet. <laughs> yeah. So um, we always ask like the, the two. For me, it's always the two final questions. What advice do you give to um, aspiring angel investors? Um, yeah, I would. I would all, always uh, try to find some more experienced angels to invest together, so that you can learn from them. Yeah. And um, yeah, talk about it. Ask people like every startup should also do. Like talk about what you are doing. Uh, ask people what you want to know. Don't don't feel shy because you are you don't know everything already. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, immerse yourself in the ecosystem. Try to read all the stuff that is necessary. Um, like, I don't know, follow the media that um, 
that are uh, reporting um, about startups and, and the whole ecosystem. And yeah, only invest what you don't won't need until in the future. So I think especially at now, it might be tempting to invest your money in startups because you don't get anything anywhere else. So there are no, there's no interest. Uh, um, like uh, you, you, capital markets like stock exchange is the, is the problem at the moment. Um, but um, and inflation is high. So it's might be tempting to, to put money into startups because you think they might make the most of it. But still don't just do it with really the amount that you are happily willing to lose and that yeah. doesn't, you know, uh, that you don't need for old age or children's yes. studies or whatever. So yes. this is very important. And I would also say pool with uh, more people and invest small sums together. So on the one hand, uh, it's not really good for startups to have a lot of small investors, but, you know, now with convertible loans, um, that might be, easier but um, still I think it's it's better to pool with more people in order and then invest bigger sums together but in, on an individual level it's better to invest small sums if you don't have yeah, lots especially of if you have small sums you really want to be low effort low yes. effort high value add exactly yeah, yeah. Um, yes absolutely <laughs> to close off what's the one thing you would like to change in the world um, <laughs> equality I would yeah. really like everything to be 50-50. I think we would have less wars and uh, yeah, everything, everything would be nicer, better, more beautiful and yeah, more, more fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cool. Oh, thank you, Heitron. <laughs> thank um, you. It's a bank holiday today. It's um, uh, Himmelfahrt today. So um, uh, thank you for taking the time. <laughs> yeah, on Father's Day, you know. Oh, yeah, Father's <laughs> All the mothers Day. have time. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, thank you so much. And I really Welcome. hope to see you soon in person again. Yes, me too. So, uh, get well. Thank you. <laughs> Stay well. Yes. And thank you. See you soon. Okay, Thanks. bye bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.